Hello, Tome Show listeners. This is your Tome editor, Sam Dillon, and I am here to bring you exclusive Gen Con D&D audio. This is coming to you, just like in previous years, unedited and uncut. We hope you enjoy it, and if you like the show, please visit our Tome Show sponsor, Noble Knight Games, where Out of Print is available again. And if you visit their site, please tell them that the Tome Show sent you. All right. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to the Green Renine Publishing Seminar. Um, this is just sort of the general Green Renine Seminar, so we'll talk about all the games, all the lines, um, and if there's uh, um, questions you have, we will uh, tackle that um, after we give sort of a general overview of where we're at. Um, so uh, yesterday we debuted Fantasy Age and Titan's Grave and the Dragon Age Core Rulebook, and... Um, uh, we made more money yesterday than we did all last Gen Con, so <laughs> safe to say, things are going well. Um, <clears throat> and all that stuff will be in stores in just a couple weeks uh, as well. Um, so um, moving ahead, basically, we've got three uh, kind of flavors of the adventure game engine. There's Dragon Age, the original, <laughs> and uh, Jackie. Is the line developer for Dragon Age. Um, there's going to be Blue Rose next year, which Steve is the lead designer of. Uh, we just did a very successful Kickstarter for that. Um, Blue Rose is a game we originally published 10 years ago um, using what's called the True 20 system, and uh, we're going to be doing a new edition for next year that uses the Adventure Game Engine, which uh, sort of builds on some of the ideas of True 20 mm-hmm. um, and then adds its own funkitude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there's Fantasy Age, um, which is uh, sort of the next iteration of the Dragon Age rules. It's largely the same, but you know, changes up a few things. The magic system slightly different. Um, the abilities are slightly different. Um, and, uh, and we'll be building that out as a line with uh, Titan's Grave stuff and also um, sort of general fantasy stuff. Um, so we'll be doing a bestiary, for example. Probably some adventures and things like that. Sorry, could you try to speak up? Yes, I'm losing my voice already. Um, So um, uh, that is the basic deal with um, our assorted age games. Um, I will take a break from talking and let Steve talk about me and some masterminds. Okay. Okay. Uh, So, as you may have noticed, um, we've been kind of busy with a number of things uh, lately. Um, so um, we, we're uh, now that um, all, all of those projects are, are wrapped up and moving along, uh, we're, we're sort of shifting some attention back to uh, Mutants and Masterminds. Uh, we recently just um, uh, launched the uh, Rogues Gallery uh, series of uh, villains uh, for, for download. Um, and uh, we just recently uh, got uh, the uh, Earth Prime Atlas series uh, going again, um, and uh, we'll be um, John Lighthouser, who's the Eminem developer, and I will be um, looking at uh, the you know the upcoming Eminem uh, projects that we've got in development that uh, got you know kind of backburnered while we were uh, taking care of the more immediate. Uh, stuff that was going on, uh, but that pretty much focuses on. Uh, we've got uh, the third edition of Freedom City 
uh, in the works. Um, it's uh, basically designed for a format very similar to our Emerald City setting book. Um, so it'll have the player's guide, you know, sort of visitor's guide to Freedom City section, uh, a, a game mastering secrets section, and instead of the adventure path that's in Emerald City, uh, Freedom City will simply have a huge swath of characters um, because there are just a ton of, of characters for the setting that we want to convert over and include in the book. So um, there, and that's uh, pretty much uh, half done at this point in terms of, of design. The player's guide section and the characters are largely done. The game master section still needs some work. Uh, then it'll it'll see development and editing. Um, we've got the uh, the cosmic handbook, uh, which uh, is pretty much done with development and is is probably um, up pretty early in terms of, of getting layout and, and production. Work yeah, that should done. be this fall. Yeah, and is the adventure separate from that now? Is that the plan? I don't want what they're going to be together. I'm trying to remember what we're I think they are. Status. I believe that they, they are. are yeah, we had uh, the the cosmic handbook um, originally included a uh, we designed a another adventure path series that's a sequel to Emerald City Knights uh, and follows up on the events that happen in that adventure. Um, very particularly, um, uh, and spoiler warning, um, you know, uh, in the end of that adventure, there's there's stuff that has big repercussions for the you know sort of you know local galactic neighborhood of uh, you know Earth Prime, um, and uh, the the Cosmic Handbook adventure follows up on uh, a lot of that stuff because now there's you know giant alien empires out there in space who are like, what the hell, Earth? <laughs> um, and, um, you know, lots of people who, you know, want answers and things like that. So um, uh, th that adventure follows up on a lot of that. So it's, it's space and aliens and giant invasion fleets and big cosmic things. And uh, it ends, with, ends with a big Grant Morrison cosmic bang at the end. Yeah, ends with a giant okay. cosmic kaboom, yep. you know. So it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and um, we've got a new edition of Hero High. Um, uh, in the works, uh, Lucien Solban uh, has uh, already turned in uh, a manuscript for the revised edition of the book. Uh, Chris McLaughlin is doing some additional character content uh, for it, uh, so it'll be a, a, a robust update uh, of that book uh, that uh, pretty much works hand in glove with uh, Freedom City 3rd Edition um, and allows us to have uh, yet even more uh, Freedom City content and characters in a companion book um, and uh, solves the uh, Freedom City source book of how do we fit all of the Claremont Academy characters also <laughs> in this book. Yeah. Um, if you weren't around in the second edition era, Hero High was like a genre book about teenage superheroes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. indeed. It was, was very well, well received in the yes. original edition. Yes. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, quite possibly our most popular yeah. second edition. People love seeing superheroes. You know. Um, so th those are all the immediate um, M&M things coming up, which I think will keep us quite busy yeah, for yeah. The, you know, the next couple of quarters, at least. Yeah. And I could understand people feeling like, well, it's, are they giving up on M&M? <laughs> or like, no. <laughs> they just took a nap for a couple months. Mm -hmm. and, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Feeling better now, yeah. much better. Well, yeah, I mean, in, in, the, in the related to, you know, sort of what's up with Green Renin thing, I was kind of busy with the whole D&D Adventures thing. Yeah, so. yeah. Wizards of the Coast hired us to um, to create two books for them. So we did a 
super adventure called Out of the Abyss, which is coming out in September. Um, and then the... <laughs> yes. You like Demon Lords? There's Demon Lords. There's Demon Oh, man, there's Demon Lords. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and then in November, there's the Sword Coast Adventures Guide, which is kind of a general player's book for the Sword Coast. Yep. Um, thankfully, we are now completely finished with both of those books. They're handed off to Wizards, and it's all in their hands now. Yes. So, um, that our contract was just for those two books, and now we're back um, doing uh, just our stuff. But, you know, um, we felt like it was too good of an opportunity to get to play with D&D for a bit, right. to mm-hmm. not take that deal. So Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we did that. Yeah. I finally got to write about Yina Goose. It's it very exciting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Teenage you is pretty happy. That's right. <laughs> Teenage me wasn't you. To delve into the history of the Forgotten Realms and forgot how much history of the Forgotten Realms there was. Oh my god, right? <laughs> so much history. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> the fans will complain if you mess with it. I know, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there was a point where I was like, oh, I'll just read this like Grand History of the Realms and that'll fill me in. And it was like, uh, this, is, this is literally a 160 page timeline. <laughs> An eight point type. Yeah. Uh, whenever, whenever somebody's telling you, it's like, and then 25,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, and then twenty four thousand years, years ago. ago. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you find yourself, you find yourself happy that they jumped a, a thousand years. Well, well, I was like reading those uh, Stephen Erickson Malazan books, oh, yeah. you know, where it's like a million years ago this happened, and it's relevant. You know? <laughs> <laughs> God still, damn it, Erickson! Still, uh, still wore a blue shirt on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jack, would you like to talk about Dragon Age a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Dragon Age is uh, the new collected board just came out, which has, um, which is a collection of the three sets previous, but also some new material, uh, new adventure, uh, new specializations, new monsters. Uh, not, there's not any one, like, other than the new adventure, there's no, like, one section that it's like, it's all new section. It's that all of the various sections have had some treatment. Like, so the history's been updated. It's the exact, it's a sprinkling of new. The, the, uh, History has been updated to be right before Inquisition, so it's like it's talking about oh, there's a Mage Templar War and there's this whole thing that's going on and you know there's going to be a conference and who knows what will happen and then for folks who play Dragon Inquisition, you know what happened. Know exactly what happened. Because um, that was when we were working on it. That was basically where Inquisition was at, and they were like, look, you know, are you guys going to spoil everything? Because we don't know when, when the game's going to come out. And I was like, I don't see a reason to one not spoil it for you know. People and also, it's like not everybody picks up a game when it first comes out. And I was like, within like a few, several months, I'm like, I kind of don't want to have it be like, oh, great, now I know what happens. It's like, thanks. Um, but it still will take you up to that current area era. Um, after that, we're going to do a GM screen, which we have the adventure for, uh, which is an editing, and you know, we've got the art for the outside of the screen. We just need to put all the content in and get it together and. Uh, we talked about screens a little bit last time, just in general for yeah. various products. Um, but uh, and then after that, and all the first drafts are in for this, and I'm currently going through them and checking for details and sending that before we do a big send to BioWars for approval. Uh, we're doing Faces of Thetis, which is our sort of who's who of the Dragon Age world, which includes a number of uh, important NPCs and. Uh, some organizations. It's you know detailed history about them, their stats if if relevant, and uh, uh, organiz- if for for example um, you know and both character stats and organization stats. So like you know the Antiven Crows or one of the other organizations have the use the stats on the organization rules. So you introduce in set three and are now included in the collected core. 
Um, and uh, that is also going to include our uh, relationship rules that are sort of going to be designed to model um, kind of anybody who's played Dragon Age, how you relate to your party and different factions and stuff is incredibly important. And so we wanted to kind of create a sort of an optional system which won't like be necessary if you don't want to use it, but for folks who want that sort of emulation, we're going to have that for there. And uh, that's going to become sort of the base model for what we're going to do for relationship stuff in Blue Rose as well, and possibly yeah. other games, but that's the plan. Um, after that, we are going to be looking at doing a like Inquisition companion type source book, and that is going to be where, and Faces of Theta is going to have a lot of Inquisition characters in it that are important, but it's not going to have like a lot of the big villains and a lot of the big monsters. Again, kind of trying to avoid some of the overly spoilery content until we have a book that, you know, I don't mind spoiling somebody who picks up the Inquisition Companion on the plot of Inquisition because it's sort of what it says on the tin. Um, so at that point, it's like, oh, congratulations. Here are these monsters in it. Here's their history. If you picked this up before you picked up the game and played it, really? Um, well, it'll be out like a year. And it'll be out like a year, right? At that point, everybody will have the Game of the Year edition and everything. And it'll all, I mean, all, the D, the, or, all or most of the DLC should be out. And we're going to hope to include as much information from that as we can get from BioWare. Um, so it'll be as current as we possibly can make it. But that's where you're going to get for folks who played Inquisition or are familiar with it. Are gonna, we're going to get uh, you know the different breeds of dragons that have been introduced, giants, some of the specializations that were not statistically ready for us to put in the core um, are going to be deta detailed. Um, you know, it's going to be you know it's not going to be just a beast area or just a character book or just a history book. It's going to be a companion for that sort of. And it's hopefully and the goal is. But after that, we will be current with everything that is going on. And then, you know, going into the future, whatever Bioware is doing with their, you know, Dragon Age stuff going forward, we will also be sort of on the same historical level with them. And so, you know, if they go back in time to do a flashback thing, then maybe that's where we go. If they go forward, maybe that's where we go. Um, and that'll be, a, you know, I'm presuming a discussion at some point to see, like, okay, where are you guys going next? Because that's kind of coming along for the ride. Yeah. Um, but uh, that's gonna, you know, that's gonna be, uh, you know, always out. But uh, yeah, so uh, that's our current status on Dragon Age, and then on top of that, of course, you know, we'll be working on various, you know, age fantasy age stuff that will be, you know, if not perfectly like because of slight differences in stats and stuff, it will be very compatible with, you know, you're, you're not gonna have much trouble grabbing something from, you know, grabbing a monster or something from uh, a fantasy age beast area and saying, oh well, if I just alter these stats like very very slightly, I can go. And I'm ready to go. Yeah. So, so that's pretty much where I'm going to it right now. Yeah. And I don't think I missed anything, and we're good. All right. I think so. Uh, so we also have a Song of Ice and Fire role playing, which is our <coughs> Game of Thrones RPG um, that has had a, um, a slow release schedule because uh, the approvals all run through George R. R. Martin, who has the entire world yelling at him about various things. So, he's a busy guy. <laughs> we cut him a lot of slack. They're probably understandably uh, reluctant to read his email. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, whenever we announce anything relating to our game, the first responses are, are never, oh, that's a really interesting fact about your game. It's tell George Martin to finish the damn book. You know, like, like we have control. Like, oh, he was just waiting for me to tell him to do it, and that's that's been the problem. I've been holding up all on thing. Sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we've uh, been working on this um, uh, mega adventure for the game called Dragon's Lord. 
the idea being, well, if they can't release books very often, we'll try to release a really big adventure that will keep you busy. Um, and so um, we have an approved manuscript now, uh, which is great. So that is going into layout. Um, we still have to get the art approved, um, which could take 10 minutes or four months. So <laughs> it's, it's a wide range. Uh, so hopefully we'll have that out this fall. Um, if not, then, uh, then early next year. Um, <clears throat> and then in the interim, uh, so I guess concurrently, um, you know, you'll note us talking about PDF series like across all of our lines. That's sort of an intentional thing where we're uh, trying to have regular PDF content for all the different games. Um, so Steve mentioned some Mutants and Mastermind stuff. Mm -hmm. Some done, of course, just to spite Jacob. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> and for um, Song of Ice and Fire role-playing, the game engine of it is called the Chronicle System. Um, and so we've, we started to release some PDF material under the Chronicle System name um, that is the same game engine, but it does not use the Ice and Fire intellectual property, so it doesn't have to run through approvals. So essentially, we can just put stuff out at, at our own pace. Um, so we have a new series of PDFs that started a few weeks ago called Mountain Terrors, um, which is basically uh, some uh, mountain themes, uh, beasts and monsters uh, for Chronicle System. Um, <clears throat> And then uh, I think we'll be doing more of those, not necessarily mountain-themed. <laughs> but monsters uh, and creatures. Yes, but monsters and creatures at a later date. Um, <clears throat> kicking over to Freeport for a minute, uh, we released this year the uh, uh, Freeport, uh, the City of Adventure hardback, which we did a Kickstarter for a couple years back. Um, it's a 644-page full-color hardback with a poster map. It's the biggest book we've ever done. It's ridiculous. We recommend the uh, lifting belt. It will probably stop a bullet. Yeah. Um. Um, and that is um, for Pathfinder. Uh, probably about, I don't know, about a third of the content is um, is Pathfinder-specific material. Um, it spells, feats, classes, archetypes, uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, not actually, no. No? No, no. No, because ridiculously we couldn't fit the monsters in the right. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll be releasing them later. Um, <clears throat> so Freeport Beastiers? Uh, possibly. Possibly. Um, so all that material was developed by uh, Owen Stevens. Uh, Owen loves Pathfinder so much that he works for us as our Pathfinder developer, runs his own Pathfinder company, and works for Paizo on Pathfinder. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He kind of knows Pathfinder. Yeah. He does. Yeah. He loves it a lot. Pathfinder. Yeah. Um, so we're also uh, making an um, adventure path for Freeport uh, called Return to Freeport. Um, we have the first... Um, chapter of six um, in and in development. Um, I hope to release that within a month or so. Um, and then we'll uh, think the idea is to put out one episode or one chapter a month. Pretty awesome talent on that, too. Yeah. I recall. Like, is that Rogers? One of the, is he one of the guys working on that? Uh, or am I thinking of something else? I thought it was John Rogers. was doing like he, chapter five or something like that. I yes. Yes. 
Oh, sorry. I'm completely detracted. But the point is, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty impressive list of folks working on, yeah. on the yeah. Pathfinder. Uh, yeah, Chapter 1 is Patrick O'Duffy, yeah. um, who's one of the writers on the Pirate's Guide to Freeport, mm. um, and uh, uh, actually left the game industry generally, but he agreed mm. to, to come back and, and write some Freeport for us. Um, but yeah, Rob Schwab is doing a yeah. chapter, of course. Um, I think Crystal Frazier is now. Okay. Um, yeah, some people dropped out, and we slot other people in because it's yeah. been a while in its conception. But anyway, once so we'll release those all as PDFs, and then we'll collect them up into a book, uh, probably towards the end of, uh, of next year. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, Owen has been preparing a um, a weekly PDF series for Pathfinder. Um, that is going to take a lot of our D20 content from 10, 12 years ago, um, you know, just for the, the, the best stuff that hasn't been replicated in Pathfinder by other people already, um, and put out short bursts of that. So, and it's a, it's a mishmash, you know, spells. Grab bag. Yeah. 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 Yes. Um, so that <clears throat> ought to be starting uh, probably within a month as well. And H report. Oh, right. All right. Yes. <laughs> really got to remember that. <laughs> um, the, uh, the final stretch goal that we released in the Freeport Kickstarter was to do um, an uh, adventure game engine companion for Freeport. Um, and that was before we even knew we were going to do Fantasy Age. Um, but now that we have Fantasy Age, it'll be uh, yeah, a companion for that. Um, so, yeah, I'll... I'll probably end up doing that because Freeport and Fantasy Age are my babies. So um, uh, that will also be coming probably next year. Uh, I think that covers all of that. Do we have any other games? <laughs> uh, like, uh, Love to Hate? Orc. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. 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 Okay. Yes. The answer is we do. <laughs> <laughs> Even we can't remember them all. Uh, yes, uh, I'll do Orc first because that's also a role-playing mm-hmm. game. Um, fun fact, Orc was actually the first thing we ever published. Uh, it was a beer and pretzels mm-hmm. role-playing game that I designed uh, with my college buddy, Crazy Todd. Um, and it came out of... Uh, of what was theoretically a D&D campaign, um, but we were all used to sort of like serious D&D, and then Todd's like, I'm going to run a game. And it was like, okay, you're all orcs, and <laughs> you're all psychotic, and we're like, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> we could run with this. Yeah. So um, uh, we released that in July of 2000, and uh, we have a few copies left of the original edition at our booth that we're selling for five bucks, uh, if you're interested in history, uh, or orcs. Um, and, <laughs> uh, and then uh, Todd and, uh, and John Lighthouser uh, have been working on a second edition of Orc uh, that we hoped to debut here because this would have been the 15th anniversary of its mm-hmm. original release, but there was just too much other things going on, so it'll probably be in the fall. Um, so yeah, basically in Orc, you play orcs, um, and you're you're all um, psychos, and uh, <laughs> it yep. basically lets you sort of get your your mm-hmm. id and your rage going. Get your orc on. Get your orc on. You're nasty and tall, and the yeah. world hates you. Yes, yeah. yes. You hate everyone, especially squishy men. We're the halflings. <laughs> hate the squishy men. <laughs> uh, so it's fun. It's a good blowing off steam game. Um, and then Love to Hate is a, sort of a left turn for us. It's a party card game. Um, it is out here. Uh, the designer 
uh, is an uh, Irish guy named uh, Colm Lumberg. He has come over for his first trip to America mm -hmm. to demo the game at our booth. So if you're interested, you could stop by and hear his charming accent, and he will show the game. It is a charming accent. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's got lots of blarney. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, that is. We're going to release it in stores in September, uh, but we have some copies for sale here. Um, Probably explain the rules in like a minute, I suppose. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. So, basically, I'd love to hate is that it is a card game of finishing sentences. Um, so, uh, everyone has a hand of what are called finisher cards, and then people take turns drawing what's called a starter card. A starter card will have a, a you know, some sort of a noun, a person, place thing. So, it might be like, you know, um, punks, and, uh, and then you get to choose when you're playing it if you want to say I love the way punks or I hate the way punks and then you lay it out there and everyone else finishes the sentence with uh, one of their finisher cards mm -hmm. which have mm -hmm. a variety of uh, amusing things on them um, and then the person who played the starter card they judge which thing mm -hmm. they think is the best um, and that person wins and if you get take five tricks essentially then you win the game um, so you know it's Good to play in bars or parties or that sort of thing. Yeah, it's it's really one of those games game. that if you can figure out the person that you're who's selecting it, you can pretty yeah. much just go yeah. and yeah. you know do very well. Yeah. It's like for example, if if, if I you know, were to hate the way punks, I'd be like, sell out there. I'll just take that <laughs> from 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 Chris. <clears throat> As you might guess, <laughs> my wife is excellent at pandering to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I think that covers everything. Yeah, so, people have questions. Yeah, yeah. So if you've got uh, any questions, lay them on us. I had questions, but you answered them. All. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say in that resounding silence, I'm guessing they answered everybody's questions. We're awesome in that. Uh, Well, if you follow me at all on social media, you know that I'm a ridiculous fan of miniatures, and <laughs> I have, I don't know, many tens of thousands of miniatures in my house. Uh, so I would love to do minis. I would, I've been wanting to do like a Freeport miniatures game for ages. Oh, yeah. I uh, want to do something like more time, you know, but set in Freeport. Um, <clears throat> just the uh, the way our company is set up and the way miniatures companies are set up are different. And so we don't really have the infrastructure to do it um, without an investment of capital that we don't have. Um, and uh, we have looked at uh, working with other companies, but none of that has ever really come yeah, to fruition. I just want to make sure that if we do it, you know, we do it right. And these days, there's a lot of choices in, in how you can handle things. You know, there's mm -hmm. traditional pewter miniatures, there's pre-painted plastic, there's multi-part unpainted plastic, there's resin, you know, it's, there's many different ways you can, you can make minis now. And uh, I just have not been able to figure out the best way for us and, you know, what to do. So yeah. I would love to, maybe someday. Any other questions? Is uh, Oryx have its own independent system, or is it yes. not? Yes. Yeah, it's an independent system. Yeah. Um, weirdly, it sort of um, presages Savage Worlds uh, mm. because it mm. has yeah those stats in it are, are polyhedral dice, um, mm. and uh, 
you know, when you get better, you can increase the die sizes and stuff. Mm. But, um, but yeah, it's it's its own thing. Um, I suppose we could make age orc, but orc age. Orc age. Yeah. <laughs> uh, any other questions? You again. Um, aside from like the one shots for like Eminem, um, is there going to be a more regular schedule for like adventure paths? Well, you know, it, we're we're gonna get to the cosmic uh, adventure path, uh, and it's gonna be a lot of it's gonna be determined by how well that does. Um, you know, we'd like to do some additional M and M adventures. Uh, the cosmic uh, adventure will, in many regards, be the first standalone M and M adventure in quite some time, mm -hmm. um, because Emerald City Nights was. Done as a PDF series, but it was basically you know for print packaged with the Emerald City book, um, so it wasn't you know apart from that on sale on its own. Um, so I, some of that will will have to be sort of a wait and see, you know, as far as that goes. We'd certainly like to do more adventure support if if that's you know what people want, and and you know the sales of the Cosmic Adventure indicate that's what people want. Um, but we, we have to kind of see how that goes because adventures are a, a pretty significant investment of, of time and effort. I enjoy crafting adventures. Yes, of course. I'm sorry? I'm oh, sorry. I, I, I like you know, crafting adventures using all the little campaign settings. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly time consuming now. It that is. Grown up. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, I would much rather take you guys to do it for me. <laughs> I cool. can't Okay. Well, I was going to say, given given that, um, would you prefer to see something that is more of an adventure path? That's a series. That's basically here's a six part campaign essentially that you could play out, or would you prefer standalone adventures that are, hey, here's a sixteen or thirty two page adventure that's pretty detailed, but is just a couple of game sessions worth of gameplay? I'm more partial to the, the full campaign as opposed to like one or two shots. Okay. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right. But let's let's play this tonight. Yeah. All right, so you guys fight it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there are virtu virtues to both. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, even Paizo were the kings of adventure paths. Like yeah. they also do do one shot adventures. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so it's good to know. Now that you've got a taste of designing for fifth edition, um, let's say a, a third-party license was announced in the next few months, mm -hmm. would you be interested in doing more of that design? We'd certainly discuss it. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, we'd be kind of foolish not to uh, if if that became an opportunity. But um, that's you know that's all based on something that hasn't happened yet. And, so and also you. We have to really take a look at what the license was. Right. Sure. I mean, that's yeah. a that's a thing that, like, you know, I, I, I'm an attorney in my day job. So, you know, that's something you have to look at. You know, like, a lot, a lot of game systems and stuff out there have licenses that you can use, technically, but they all have different criteria. And some of them are like, oh, yeah, just use whatever we want. You know, we, we're, gonna, we're cool with it. And some of them are, you know, there are processes where it's like, well... You know, if, if there's development issues and you know, money may have to be paid up front for something you can't use, you know, not even and not even necessarily that they want you to pay, but just you know, if there's a certain like 
you have to bring us a draft that's in a certain you know level of completion, and then we'll approve approve it or reject it. That would be a license, for example, that you know only people who are willing to invest the time and energy to do that, and, or and willing to risk losing that time. Right, and exactly. If they and, say and, no. Like literally being able to go, well, then that's nothing we can use, and so or or now we have to pay more have to spend more time and energy to repurpose it now for something we can use. Yeah. So, you know, it's a it's a big question. Well, the, the real question for us is, you know, I mean, we like. We're, you know, we all started with D and D, so yeah. it's like we love D and D. We like Fifth Edition; mm-hmm. um, it's fun to work on. Right. Um, <clears throat> the question is, with our limited resources, yeah. are they best deployed supporting somebody else's game, or you know, supporting our own games? And right. so, you know, that's that's really the question. Right. Because um, almost anything that we could do for D and D, we could also do for Fantasy Age. Right. <laughs> and you know, Fantasy Age has yeah. just come out. You know, it doesn't have a whole network of support products yet, so. Certainly, in the short term, it sort of behooves us to, to yeah. make that game line more robust. Uh, and, and I mean, and it's also worth noting, you know, like, as you said, with the limited resources. I mean, you know, we all tend to work on different. You know, like I've done stuff for me to masterminds in the past, but I've still also done for stuff for it currently, even though I'm the Dragon Age developer. And so, you know, there is that level too of like it's not just a matter of saying, well, we could take somebody off and have them work on the stuff for D and D. It's like you also would be potentially like you know. If if I you know if if so if somebody dives into that full then we don't have access right. to them as much for something we for something else so like yeah. I can't I couldn't like you know say like Steve I really want you to help me with like you know, this Dragon Age thing or you know, we have this age thing we're working on and it's like well I would love to but now we're doing this thing over here and so right. there's just a lot of scheduled right. plate spinning involved basically. but I mean Chris makes a really good point that the the wizard a part of the appeal of the Wizards project was not just that it was it was D and D for the edition but it was all of the fun, iconic, yeah. hey, you guys get to play with all the demon lords, yeah. right. you know, and, you know, do stuff about, you know, Demogorgon and Yanagu, you know, yeah. so, um, that, you know, as much as we're fans of the system, a lot of it was also the lore and the setting and all of the, you know, sort of inherent continuity and stuff like that, that was fun to do, yeah. and I'm pretty sure that whatever kind of license Wizards comes up with is not going to include that stuff. Yeah, they're probably yeah. not going to be like, hey, do I go do a birthright thing? And I'd, I'd be like, yes, but not if I... <laughs> right. But yeah. not if I'm probably not going to be able to do that. Yeah. 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 Well, and, uh, you know, those books will be published by Wizards. By Wizards. Right. You know, in Wizards numbers, which is yeah. nice. <clears throat> and part of the deal also is that we get an advertisement in the back of each of those books where we get to advertise all of our stuff. So yeah, right. it's also just everything else, and that's an opportunity for us to uh, to get some of our game lines yeah. in front of people who might um, not otherwise be familiar. Yeah, I, know, I yeah. can see them. So. Yeah. Yes? Kind of piggybacking on some of, the, some of the topics that you're covering here just about investing your own time into these projects. Uh, can you give us an idea of how long that development cycle was for those IV products? Uh, nine about nine months. Uh, nine months and a, uh, about thirty-six hours of labor. Um, I'm sorry. No, that's what? <laughs> <laughs> what? No, I'm sorry. That's, a, that's I don't even know, I don't even know what that means. No, that's that's pregnancy. <laughs> Which, while similar, <laughs> was not actually the process. I mean, we're begging for us to give you drugs uh, at the end. Of it. No, it, it yeah, it ended up being about nine months. Uh, um, uh, we were we were talking about we were in the very early uh, outlining stages of the project last Gen Con, actually. So yeah. um, I actually had meetings with some of my, or, you know, like initial planning meetings with people at Gen yeah. Con last year. So the actual work bit probably probably about nine months mm-hmm. time. Yeah, we had to get an approved outline first. We had to recruit freelancers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean the 
because it's such a big collaborative project that involves so many people on so many different levels, it's it's much more involved mm -hmm. than um, something that one company does internally. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't just like we did everything, edited it, laid it out, gave it to Wizards, they gave it a once over, and then, you know, out. It was like we had to work with them at every stage, right? Yeah. So it was like, you know, we had to get their feedback on the outline and then get that approved and, you know, then get drafts in and get feedback and revise. And yeah, it was even more intensive, I mean, because Dragon Age approvals could get fairly intensive, but at the end of the day, they still are sending a manuscript and getting notes back yeah. and fixing those and then saying, how does it look now? Yeah. This was every step of the way. Yeah. So it, was, it, was, it was very different. And there's some stuff in there that Wizards actually designed. Um, mm -hmm. They Quite did. The, they, there's stats for Demon Lords, and that you know they were like, eh, it's probably best if we do those. We're like, yep, <laughs> we're good with that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want the responsibility of statting up Orcus. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you guys have had some pretty significant licenses over the years. Yeah. I mean, Thieves World, Black Company, DC. Can you talk about how sort of you build that relationship to? create a really successful experience with both licenses because a lot of companies don't do that yeah um, yeah it's one of the weird um, things I ended up getting good at was uh, was negotiating for licenses um, and you know I found myself in some strange places like sitting in the Flatiron building in New York City you know with <laughs> DC people and <laughs> so, um, so I mean we start of course by just trying to be a good partner Right. I mean, and you know, we show that in our initial proposals by giving people, um, you know, reasonable proposals and not promising them the sun and the moon, because you know, if they don't understand the nature of the role playing game industry, you have to educate them in good faith. Yeah. You know, you can't be like, oh yeah, we're going to make a million dollars off of this. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> so, you know, in fact, the the DC license in particular. Um, that was the longest and most complicated negotiation that we've done. It took three years for that to actually come to fruition. Yeah. And one, the, what the final impetus for it to happen was that DC's 75th anniversary was coming up, mm -hmm. and they were keen to just have DC everywhere they could get right. it, you know, even in niche markets like role-play games. And so... Um, and even then, you know, I thought maybe we wouldn't be able to do it because they wanted um, an, an advance of money that was like, you know, like we've never had that amount of money in the bank at one time, so we certainly couldn't just give it to them. Right. <laughs> but that was predicated on doing um, sort of an unlimited license of, mm -hmm. you know, we have a license for three to five years, and within that we could publish as many books as we could get out. Right. Yeah. Um, and so... Uh, we returned to them with a counterproposal of like, well, what if we just did four books? You know, what would the advance look like at that point? And it was like, you know, twenty percent of right. the, yeah. what they previously asked for, and that we could handle. So we were able to make that deal, and that's why the line was from the get go. It's like we're doing four books. Here's what they're going to be, and you know, that's what it is. And uh, which, of course, was still a disappointment to some people, but. That's, it's better than no DC games. Yeah. So. And why we uh, made them the most comprehensive yeah. four books we possibly could. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I love those four books. I just well, thank, you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing you discover is um, uh, it really matters who you're dealing with and what kind of experience they have, you know. 
Um, what was nice about DC is that they had a licensing department of people who regularly worked on licensed stuff. So they knew their business and were easy to deal with. A lot of times we're dealing with just individual people, you know. Like yeah. I, I licensed from Glenn Cook. And when mm -hmm. I said, you know, uh, like, hey, we want you to review the Black Company manuscript, he's like, why do I need to review it? And I'm like, because <laughs> it's, it's your world, man. Don't you want your interested in making sure we get it right? Um, you know, but on the other hand, like, Lynn Abbey was awesome. Like, she was probably the best licensor that we've had. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she was super into it. She worked really closely with Rob Schwab to help define the magic system and how magic worked oh, in wow. Thieves World. Yeah. Um, and then she paid her own way to Gen Con that year, wow. did signings at our booth, and then Rob, like, ran a game, and we all got to play with her. <laughs> it's awesome. You know? So, um, yeah. The, the quality of the person that you're licensing from also is a, is a factor. It's, I'll, I'll, it's, also, somebody that's worked on a lot of licensed games, possibly more than anybody I know, I'm not sure. Um, it really, really, it, I mean, I'll, I'll echo what Rick said. It really depends on who you're working with. And, I mean, it is a completely different experience each time. Like, you know, and it's not always what people would assume from the outside. Like, one of the most, like, supportive... And, like, here's all the material you might ever need was when I did some Mark White Productions on the Smallville line. And I need, you know, I'm thinking, oh, these guys do TV shows, I don't care about this, whatever. I needed some information. And they were literally like, what do you need? And, like, they sent me, like, I mean, they sent me scripts of episodes that hadn't come out yet. They said, here, sign an NDA so you won't tell anybody. And it's like, here's spoilers for the next season. Here's, like, oh, oh, we, we threw in concept sketches for these characters because we thought they might be helpful. And I'm like, I don't need that at all, but that's... <laughs> Those are great. But that's awesome. <laughs> like, that is so... And, like, just own oh, anything, you know, here's our email. Email this person. He's sort of the person who handles that. And I, mean, I was like, really? I mean, and this was season 10 of a show. Like, this was not, like, whatever, fans like it, we're sticking it out, you know, whatever. It always kind of made me, like... I might, you know, ups and downs with that show creatively, but I always had a soft spot for it after that experience. And they were always like, those guys were really nice. Um, <laughs> and, you know, um, you know, ditto, like, getting responses back from people. You know, sometimes you'll get feedback back that's very, like, this is, you know, this is great. But I'm, I'm uh, Ben Galenius, our, our sort of current contact at Bioware, is, is, is awesome. And Ben and I have sort of gotten this sort of mutual, you know, relationship where I'll be like, so Ben, you know, I need some information on this. And he'll be like, oh man, you know, I'm just like super busy this week because like, I'm, and, and instead of being like, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I'll get this to you when I can. He'll be like, I just moved and like, you know, my girlfriend hasn't moved out yet and we're, you know, but she, she's being here. I got to go like pick her up or whatever. So would it be cool if I got it to you next week? I'm like, yeah, it's cool, man. I appreciate it. Oh, you're a prince. That's great. And so we have, it's a completely different relationship than, you know, sort of a more formal relationship where it's like, you know, on page 45, you said this, this is technically yeah. inaccurate. And that's great for Information, but sometimes trying to get so it's just it, it, it's like there's I wish there was a magic answer to be like you know yeah. you do X Y and Z and everything works out great but yeah. the answer is you know you might bust your butt and put together like an amazing team on to the, and everybody knows their stuff and you know you win awards and then you know it's two years later and somebody else drops the ball and you lose the license not that I'm not that, that ever happened to me and you know by contrast you know like I said you might have somebody say like oh we're going to do you know a nice self-contained like I mean it was DC, that was one of the great things about the DC license was it's like we're going to do iconic portrayals you know focus on doing it right 
hit everything we can, include it. I mean, that was one of the few places in Sepcon where people were volunteering. Like, the, every, people working on it were volunteering extra content. Like, there would be like, like I could write up this guy just to make sure that he gets in there. You know, that's cool. You know, I did that a couple times myself. Um, because deep down, I truly don't trust anybody else to get it right. That was, that, that may have happened once or twice. Um, well, I worked at, uh, at Wizards back uh, around 2000. I was... Uh, working on miniatures there and we had the Star Wars license so mm, yep. I got to go down to Skywalker Ranch to read the script oh, for episode two about this time. yeah um, where I was treated essentially like a criminal <laughs> so a group of us went down where we each got a script um, and we were put in this small room to read the script and each script had a number that was screened onto every page um, and that number was assigned to each person individually. So they had, a, like, a log. It was like, Chris Pramus, you know, he has this thing. So if I, like, tore a page out and it showed up on the Internet, they would know, you know, right. who to fire right. or who to get fired, you know. Who to have um, killed. Where, where to target the laser death satellite. <laughs> it's, like, it's like taking the NDA to the next level, like, yeah. which, you know, for a prep like that, I understand. Um, and actually going to Skywalker Ranch was freaking awesome, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they did show us um, cinematics from Episode Two, which is basically like they get a couple of schlubs and put them in Jedi outfits, and they mime through a scene like they're Ewan McGregor <laughs> or whatever, just so you can sort of see how it's blocked out. And that was actually quite entertaining because those guys were like, "Oh." <laughs> 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 oh, the other two person license. It also depends on how much like various departments. Into things like I mean, lawyers, lawyers can be miserable bastards, and I say that as one. Um, and you know, just Jack's dark secret. Yeah, it's right. yeah. His day job is a lawyer. <laughs> and um, I, uh, you know, I remember even things on the DC like we get a thing. Or legal won't let us do that. And I'm like, that's so stupid. You can totally do that. Like I know that as an attorney, but I'm like, but I also know that as an attorney, I will get nowhere calling. You know, I would get nowhere yeah. saying, tell Border Brothers Legal it's just blah. Right. Like even though that would, if no. the guy would listen to me, he would be like, oh yeah. But he's not going to do that. And so right. your solution is to say, well, we could fight this out and risk ticking somebody off, or we could say... Okay. Like, I remember at one point they asked me to remove something that was that was just flat out true. And I was like, and they said, oh, we're going to do this and do this. And I'm like, that's actually... But that's fine. Whatever. And <laughs> that's, I'm not going to fight over it. It's yeah. like, that's good enough. You know? Well, some people use other departments or companies as excuses. Right, and that's they, also they, a thing. You know, like, when I was at Wizards, people would be like... Oh well, Hasbro would never approve that. It's an accounting issue. Like, You're accounting mm, accounting. You don't know. <laughs> right. That is. Oh, that is actually. That is part of my job. Is taking the blame for other people when they want to do something. When a client wants to do something jerky, I'd be like, "We'll, we'll handle it." He goes, "Oh, people think you did it." That's part of my job. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're going to hate me anyway, so right. it's okay. But they pre-hate. They pre exactly. So. <laughs> they're preloaded to, to not like me. So yeah. if I have to tell them this, you know, and you know, afterward, after work, I'll go. I can't believe you wanted me to do that, but that's fine. Uh, so, long-winded answer for the thing. It's complicated. Well, even for you, that was a long-winded answer. It was. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> are there any other questions? Yes. As far as Fantasy Age goes, yeah. are you guys going to do any more support content in Volcana, or are you going to focus on building it out in other areas? Um, so, we we need to actually talk to Geek and Sundry to sort of nail things down. <clears> but <throat> the idea is that, yes, we would do a, um, a proper world book uh, next year. Because the, um, the the book we have here is is basically an adventure book, right. you know, that has some overview. world support, yeah, yeah. overview of the world. Uh, but there's obviously a lot more we can and want to say about right. it. Um, so yeah, and the other question is uh, whether or not 
there'll be a second season of the show. Right. You know, Will would like to do multiple seasons, right. um, but you know, of course, someone has to pay for it. So that's the right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> question: is uh, whether Geek and Sundry is going to get the funding to do that? Because from legendary. Adventure books like quite possibly, yeah. yes. and that's you know it all just sort of loops back to the licensing conversation. Yeah. You know, right. we're it's working. It's probably a two-part right. question. I should ask you guys, and then I should ask <laughs> the later. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we all agree that we want it. Right. right. Yeah. It's just a matter. It's just of a matter of making it happen. Making yeah. it happen, and then all, you know, Geek and Sundry is owned by Legendary Pictures, so right. they're the ones who are ultimately going to decide whether or not they want to fund a second season. Right. And, you know, and then you know, it's corporations and lawyers. Right. And, yeah. yeah. And we're back oh, to and and it's come full circle. Yeah. I, I mean, I've had conversations with some folks I know who work at various publishing companies outside the gaming industry who happen to be here at the show because they're nerds. And, you know, some of them are like, oh, yeah, we don't really have any interest in doing any sort of gaming stuff, but I'm just here to have fun. I've actually had a few people pull me aside, and I can't say who, but we're like, um, we're actually kind of talking about trying to do more stuff tied to games. Like, maybe we'd like to do, like, fiction for a game line, or maybe we'd like to expand into that. And again, it's back to that, like, do the folks at Legendary have that attitude? Or do they have an attitude of, yeah, and this was cool and it was fun and it made Will happy, but we're not really going to keep doing it. And I don't think anybody really knows that answer right now. Well, the thing about Legendary, though, is that it was a company that was, even though they are a movie studio, right. they were founded specifically to work on kind of nerdy things, so, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so it's not, it's not like, yeah. you know... It's, well, it's not like the corporations that own things that are like, we own that? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. really? Oh, wow. It's not like Cable Town on 30 Rock, you know, yeah. where, it's, where it's like, okay, no. you know. We yeah. seem, I mean, they, they seem fairly connected right. and yeah. engaged with all of their properties. Yeah, I mean, and they bought Geek and Sundry for a reason, yeah. right? I mean, they understand right. what right. Geek and Sundry's business is. Mm-hmm. So it yeah. wouldn't be like, a web series? What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, so it's just random images of cats. Yeah, <laughs> yes, but yeah. still, it's, uh, it's I'm very. I hope we get to do it again because yeah. uh, uh, Nicole, who's our general manager, and I, um, you know, we got to go down for the shooting of the of the whole thing and be on set the whole yep. time. And um, and by the end of it, like you know, like we hadn't known any of the, uh, mm-hmm. the actors and stuff who were on the show beforehand and mm-hmm. it was sort of like being at camp for a week you know? <laughs> yeah, at right. the end of camp you're like you guys are the best and, you know, <laughs> yeah. so basically yeah yeah I, I hope I get to go back camp? to camp is really right. what it amounts to it's, it's, it was fun yeah yeah we shot the whole thing in a week four days um, and there was about three uh, three hours of playtime per episode. The daily email updates were fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there were long days, too. It was like 12 hours. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, when I went down to do Tabletop a few years ago, um, <clears throat> I ran Dragon Age on Will's Tabletop show, and he, he called me up before they had started shooting. It's like, oh, I'm doing this web series. And right. So I thought, like... There's a guy with a camera, right? He's mm. like, yeah, it's a web series. <laughs> and when I got down there, it was like, oh, no, they had a set. There's three cameras, you know, mm-hmm. catering, makeup, professional mm. crew. I was like, oh, this is like serious this business. This is the thing. And uh, Titan's Grave was like that to the next level. It's like, oh, yeah. oh, now, you know, we've got a custom-built set, and there's seven cameras, and, you know, so. Oh, you just <laughs> wouldn't know you were like, sending me stuff to develop, and there were things where, like, I was talking to, I, I talked to Nicole about it more before, even before I talked to you, and she's like, well, we need it now because... We have to have it so that they can have it set up, and they can have any if they need any sound cues or any visual cues that they might need for lighting or anything like that. It's like, and they didn't do a ton of that because it wasn't like a stage production. Yeah, production, right, right. but you know, it is a production. But prepping one of our you know adventures for you know things like 
sound cues, yes. you know, on set was not something we had had a lot of experience with up to that. <laughs> that was why it was actually that was why Ray wanted to do his adventure was actually funny to develop because Ray actually thought about that. And he actually, of course he did. Right, which was fantastic, because he actually had things in here where, like, little you know, bits where it's like, I think this would be a really cool place in the show for them to do this. And I was like, I'll leave that note in, because that sounds great. Yeah. I don't know if it'll happen, but that's fantastic. Um, yeah, some of it didn't happen. Yeah, I agree. So some of it, a couple things sadly didn't happen. Uh, all right, any other questions? Coming up on 11th. So. All right. That's a wrap. Thank you all for coming. Please check out the Titan Scrape Summit. Thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, please consider using our Amazon and D&D Classics affiliate links found on the show notes at thetomeshow.com. Thanks again, and keep gaming.